to the Future Engineering Club podcast. My name is Jack Lemus and thanks for joining me. This episode I'll be interviewing Alice Leung, investor at Brick and Mortar Ventures based in San Francisco, hearing about her work investing in startups that disrupt the way we design, construct and maintain the built world. Before we dive into it, let me tell you a little bit about the Future Engineering Club. Founded in 2019, the Future Engineering Club exists as an industry working group, focused on enabling collaboration between construction tech startups, industry decision makers and venture capital investors, having welcomed over 400 industry leaders over our series of events. Now for the episode. Alice started her career in the AEC industry with DPR construction in the San Francisco Bay Area, building UCSF Medical Center at Mission Bay and Lucille Packard Children's Hospital Stanford. She led the Bay Area Skunk Works Group and implemented various construction technologies on project sites. In April 2016, Alice relocated to Singapore to help start up the Southeast Asia HQ for DPR construction as the residence BIM and construction technology expert and worked on data center projects. She was part of various work groups led by the Singapore Building and Construction Authority, was a part-time lecturer for the BCA Academy BIM Management Certification course, taught BIM courses for RICS and spoke at various conferences in the region. She joined the Digital Built Environment Institute Organising Committee whilst in Asia and is now part of the DBEI North America Committee since her relocation back to San Francisco. After realising the slow pace of digitisation in the construction industry, Alice joined the Brick and Mortar Ventures team to work with startups that want to disrupt the way we design, construct and maintain the built world. Alice holds a BS in Electrical Engineering from Brown University where she was on the Formula SAE race car team and worked in the Materials Science Lab research in lead-free piezoelectrics. Hey Alice, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm excited and honoured to be here. Thanks for having me, Jack. Really appreciate your time. So tell us about Brick and Mortar Ventures and a little bit about your investment thesis. Brick and Mortar Ventures is a built world focus fund backed completely by corporate strategics in the construction value chain. And we invest in the seed and series A stages globally. So we don't really distinguish between where the startups are located or where our LPs are located. And we do want to have kind of an overall view of the construction industry around the world. We often hear about the low productivity in the AEC industry, and I'm conscious about the low R&D spends partly due to the small margins. How can we get over this hurdle and where do you see the industry going in the next decade? So I think there's two issues to low productivity. And I think a lot of people kind of gravitate towards just the technology kind of culture and practices, culture and processes. A lot of people think that if we develop new technologies, we can solve the problem and increase productivity greatly. And a little bit to blame is a lot of the technology companies kind of marketing that if you adopt XYZ technology, you're going to see these productivity gains. But I think the bigger issue here is the way that construction has been set up from the beginning. And it's, you know, a lot of different stakeholders and the procurement processes and the contracting methods really make it hard for a lot of these companies in the industry to work well together and work efficiently together. So we're seeing trends where companies are becoming more vertically integrated. And that's kind of a hint to, you know, if we work together better or, you know, have more scopes in-house, they can be more efficient, more productive, and thus increasing margins. So I think an area for the industry to look at in tackling is, are there new ways of procuring all of the different stakeholders on the project or new contracting methods such as integrated project delivery that can help 
all of the different stakeholders collaborate better and to have their incentives more aligned so that the project is run more efficiently. We're seeing an increase in corporate venture funds in the construction industry, with TechCrunch recently describing the three categories of institutional investors, strategic investors, and tourist investors. What advice would you give to founders considering accepting corporate investments, and how does this sit with you at Brick and Mortar Ventures? So at Brick and Mortar, I guess we don't distinguish much between corporate venture groups and institutional investors when it comes to co-investing with us or investing in previous rounds to us. But the key thing that we look for is whether or not there are exclusivity rights or if there's you know any concern from that corporate venture group's competitors that may kind of limit the market for that founder. So when we talk to the founders, you know, we're happy to share our thoughts on how do you set up some of those partnerships and how do you work with some of these large corporations or take money from the corporate venture groups so that it makes sense for an institutional investor to come in in that same round or in a later round? We've seen instances where corporate venture groups have frankly squashed the startups that they work with because depending on that agreement, sometimes the corporate venture groups will drive the startup into building a product just for that company. And because processes are so different amongst different construction companies, a lot of the times, you know, that product ends up getting limited in terms of process, uh, workflow and stuff like that. And other companies will not be able to use that same product. So we tell the founders to be careful around any partnership with large companies just to make sure that they're not signing you know, their IP away or signing exclusivity. Um, really for us, it's understanding whether or not those agreements are limiting the total addressable market for that startup. Just on the topic of product development, founders are often recommended to chase the golden SaaS revenue model, which can sometimes be challenging to secure in the construction industry due to the project-centric structure. As the construction tech industry grows, do you think the venture model will evolve to adapt to consultancy-based revenue models? Or is there something that founders can do to combat this? This is actually a very interesting question because internally, as we're looking at a lot of these startups, we have internal debates around what are the revenue models? Does it make sense? And we're seeing that there are other types of revenue models that can be just as profitable as you know the golden SaaS revenue model. And some of it is recurring, some of it is not recurring. But if you're targeting some of these very large construction projects or being able to sign some of the enterprise deals, the revenue stream will end up being a couple years long. And just to touch a little bit on kind of different revenue models or whether or not it's a pure software business, we've invested in tech-enabled contractors. And we see that as an interesting opportunity because for some scopes of work, if you're able to build some type of technology or bring technology to those processes, you can actually be a very scalable and profitable technology-enabled contractor. And if there's other parts of that software that allow it to be some type of marketplace, or if there's technologies that can get white-labeled, I think other investors shouldn't just discount some of the startups because they're not a traditional kind of recurring revenue model, or if they're not a just a software business. You have some high-profile limited partners in your recent $97 million fund, including Autodesk, Semex, Haskell, and Sidewalk Labs, not to mention that your fund is led by Darren Bechtel. There must be some significant value add available having you as an investor. 
what level of support do you typically offer your portfolio companies and are your LPs available as routes to market? I think the difference between brick and mortar ventures and some of the other funds out there is in addition to our team having some sort of relationship with the construction industry or firsthand experience in construction operations, we work very closely with our LPs as well as other large players in the construction space that are very interested in technology and innovation and moving the industry forward. So for us, we work with the startups at an early stage and help facilitate some of the conversations or introductions to our LPs or other people in the network that are looking for uh, certain solutions. And for some of the startups that we work with, the our LPs are either distribution partners or can help with providing materials, or they may end up being a go-to-market kind of partner or strategy for some of these startups. And for us, we really value the feedback that our LPs provide as well, because they have boots on the ground. And a lot of our LPs are out on the construction sites or working with people that are boots on the ground, and they can provide that feedback loop to some of these startups that we work with, and especially our portfolio companies on you know, how might they want to tweak their product or their business so that it makes sense. So I would say that the our LPs and the people in our network are a key part of helping our portfolio companies as well as the startups that we work with grow. When you look at startups, what value do you place on founders coming from the industry versus industry outsiders? This is a great question because being here in, I guess, close to Silicon Valley, but being here in San Francisco, we're seeing a lot of interest from non-construction people starting up companies for the construction space. And we don't necessarily discriminate between, you know, whether or not the founder has construction industry experience, but it definitely helps. What we look at is more around the team. So maybe if the founders don't have direct construction experience, we do like it if there is an advisor or if there's an early employee with construction experience. And the reason being that construction is so nuanced and it's so different. The processes are so intricate and you're working with so many different stakeholders and it's still a relationship-based business that there's a lot of value that someone from the construction industry can add to an early stage startup. And for the founders, we do want the founders to have an appreciation and respect for the industry. The construction industry, you know, is very different from working at a normal tech company or something like that. And we think that if you're building tools for this space, the least you could do is get in a pair of work boots and walk the construction site and see what you're actually building a product for or building a company for. Alice, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot.